welcome to the Female Tech Founder Podcast. Every month we chat to a female founder about their career, startup and business journeys and about the issues which are most important to you as part of a live online event. This month, our host, Chichi Equioso, will chat to Emma-Louise Pisari, founder of In-House Health, on the topic of staying healthy in tech, finding balance, avoiding burnout, and taking care of your digital well-being. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. My name is Emma-Louise Pisari, and my company is In-House Health. We work with overstretched but very ambitious digital tech leaders using a data-first approach to establish and eliminate the root cause of issues such as work-related stress and employee burnout. And of course, uh, the hot topic at the minute, uh, retention um, rate. So today we're here to talk about how to stay healthy in tech, uh, find a balance and reduce our risk of burnout. But first I wanted to just briefly touch on uh, a bit of my story. So this is me, as you can see, uh, with a different pair of glasses. Uh, I'm a nurse by trade and I'm uh, delighted that this year I am celebrating my 20th year of nursing. Uh, Most of my experience was in general practice, so working in in GP surgeries, dealing with uh, chronic disease management, running public health promotion programmes and public health screening programmes. The problem was is that I... I felt like I wasn't making a blind bit of difference to my patients' outcomes. I was seeing people when it was far too late. I was sticking plasters on them and literally asking them to come back when it, uh, they had fallen off. Um, so I decided to leave and I had a look at workplace wellbeing. Um, after all, we spend about a third of our working lives in the workplace. However, when I did some research, what I found was that um, it was exactly the same thing. So most workplace health and wellbeing initiatives are reactive and fluffy um, with that same stick and plaster tactic. Um, And that's not preventative. It's not measured as part of a wider strategic approach. And that's why I created in-house health so that organizations could really improve employee wellbeing through identifying current problems and preventing future risks whilst maintaining a high performance culture. Um, We know now that the digital tech sector sector is uh, always on um, and people um, think they're available 24 hours a day, but um, that shouldn't be the case. So why have I chosen to focus on the digital tech sector? So there was, um, there's a real dark side to tech. We are in nice uh, environments, even where I am today. It's a, a lovely environment. It seems very glamorous. But actually, um, it's not as glamorous as it seems. There is a dark side, and this really impacts negatively on employees' health and well-being. There was a tech uh, inclusion and diversity report in 2019 by BEMA, so the British Interactive Media Association. And what that highlighted was that people in tech are five times more depressed than the national average. Uh, And that statistic really shocked me when I first uh, read about it. 66% of the workforce are stressed by their work with 13% feeling constantly stressed. And 28% have been formally diagnosed with a mental health condition caused by stress at work. And in the tech sector, there is a huge, uh, there is a high neurodiverse population as well. It's thought to be around 20 to 25%. Um, And of course, uh, I imagine um, as a nurse um, and working in workplace well-being that these statistics are actually going to be worse um, after COVID. 
Now, looking specifically at women in tech, uh, what uh, that report also highlighted was that 57% of women in tech feel burned out compared to 36% of men. 35% of women feel their gender has negatively affected their career progression. Women are twice as likely to leave tech jobs as a result of stress than their, their male colleagues. And nearly, um, women are nearly twice as likely to have lost their job or been furloughed during the pandemic. So with this in mind, we all know that healthy lifestyles and habits are the best way to avoid disease, prolong your life and live more healthily and happily. But traditionally in the chaos of a woman's daily life, healthy living may take a backseat to uh, chores, to busy schedules, childcare, um, and coupled with uh, building or working in a successful business, our hard work can take a significant toll on our mental health and personal life. So, you know, we talk about burnout all the time, but what actually is burnout? So burnout is technically not classed as a disease or an illness. However, the World Health Organization define it as a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. And the reason that it isn't classified as a disease or an illness is actually because when you remove a person from that stress, stressful environment, they will get uh, well again. So the issue is the environment, not the person. So um, there are three um, dimensions characterized by burnout, uh, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance or feelings of negativity related to your job and reduced professional efficacy. And the World Health Organization, um, I keep thinking the who in my mind, and that's uh, not the band, it's the, the World Health Organization. Um, and they suggest the best way to address burnout is to focus on fixing the workplace rather than focus on fixing the worker. However, as individuals, I believe we still need to take some responsibility in looking after our own well-being. So we know burnout is a result of chronic workplace stress. So I'd just like to ask you, you can uh, unmute yourself and, and answer, or you can type in the comments. Um, what symptoms of stress have you experienced and um, that's related to your work? So for me, I know when I'm stressed, I get uh, a migraine normally, um, short, sore um, neck and shoulders, um, and sometimes I get eye twitching as well if I'm, if I'm really stressed. So, so what, what about you? What have you experienced when it comes to, to stress? Um, insomnia, I think, is uh, one, yeah, not being able to sleep properly right through the night. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite, quite common. Exhaustion. Exhaustion, yeah. Tired, lethargy. Yeah. Fatigue, yeah, it's, it's very common. Anything else? I'll, I'll add in kind of feeling like overwhelmed. So, um, sorry that I'm late and um, okay. I'm absolutely thrilled to be hearing what you're saying and I've got some cool questions for you later. But yeah, I guess feeling overwhelmed is, is one I'd add. Yeah, but it's, it's not bad that you've you felt that. <laughs> Just uh, thanks for sharing. <laughs> I think getting into a take getting your head into a spin really, um, where you just get into this negative mindset that you just think everything you're doing everything wrong. Um, and then you're trying to, to fix it and you just get caught up in this vicious circle really and it's trying to to get out of that I'm um, just a negative mindset I guess yeah 
Yeah, that's true. So I've got a list here um, from my Stress Kills Creativity uh, Masterclass. Um, it's not an exhaustive list, but here are many of the symptoms. Um, and for me, it's really important that we can identify these early on because long-term stress can lead to poor immune function and chronic illness. And also as women, uh, when I look at that list, a lot of these symptoms um, increase or get worse during uh, perimenopause and postmenopause, uh, which for some women can last a total of 20 years. Uh, and we have that to entertain as well, as well as all the, all the other things. So um, sometimes these things are just, um, can be related to a hormonal imbalance as well. So what I'm going to share with you um, is my top 10 ways um, that we can reduce the risk of burnout and improve our health and well-being. These are things that I've uh, failed at and uh, learned to, to overcome myself and, and some of them are, are clinical ways that we can do that. So thanks for sharing. Um, so the first point is understand your triggers. So we are in a society where we are constantly being overloaded with information, advice um, telling us to do this and, and do that. However, what's really important to remember is that no one size fits all. So it's important to understand yourself, what makes you tick and what actually triggers you. And what tends to happen is when, when we are stressed and we, we are triggered is that we develop unhelpful coping strategies um, and that can present uh, in uh, throwing yourself in to work, so doing even more work and um, resulting in even more burnout. Um, you might uh, drink uh, more alcohol, you might um, withdraw, you might um, develop unhe uh, unhealthy eating behaviours, so either overeating, undereating, um, and, and the likes of that, our sleep can go out of the window. So understanding any unhealthy behaviours is the key to preventing uh, what might trigger them in the first place. My second tip is not setting um, is setting healthy boundaries because actually not setting boundaries is a sure way to increase your risk of burnout. And there are many boundaries that we can put in place, uh, but the three I've developed um, and, and practiced the most is learn to say no, um, especially without guilt. No is is seen as a a bit of a naughty word, and actually for me, in a negative word for me, it's uh, it does have its positives. Um, align your behaviours um, or work to your own beliefs and values. There's a lot on social media about authenticity and coming to work as your authentic self, but actually there is truth in that when we align ourselves to um, our own um, values, then we um, are happier and healthier in the workplace. And I'm sure you've all heard of the saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. Um, so me taking care of yourself and prioritising your well-being should be a non-negotiable. Um, that might be making sure that you get to the gym three times a week and no matter what comes gets in the way that you still go. It could be uh, some personal development, listening to podcasts, reading a book, or it might even be making sure that you're there to read the, the children a bedtime story. All these things are really important. So setting boundaries um, for me is, is one of the top, top tips. Um, and ways to help you do that is by diary blocking. Um, the best way to set and keep healthy boundaries um, is to diary block everything. And, and, and I literally mean everything. So some of the common mistakes I've made are keeping things in my head um, and not writing them down. And then I've, uh, I wouldn't say I've, I've missed important meetings, but I might have <laughs> been slightly late or I might have um, missed some events just because it's all in my head and 
um, as I get older, uh, my memory's going a little bit. Um, actually underestimating how long it really takes to do something. So um, for me, it's really important that you allow yourself a lot of um, enough time to uh, complete a task or an activity that you've got to do. And that also uh, improves your kind of self-esteem and actually that you've achieved something rather than being deflated that you seem to be taking too long um, and not a scheduling not scheduling appropriate breaks i'm sure during the pandemic you went from back-to-back -back zoom meetings without any time for a drink to go to the toilet to get up and and stretch and, and walk around so make sure that you are scheduling appropriate breaks at travel time if you are going back to face-to-face -face meetings and the benefits of Time blocking include improved productivity, uh, reduced overwhelm, and uh, an increased sense of achievement. So, uh, as as women, I see uh, Matt's uh, joined joined the call there. Um, so, not getting enough quality sleep can impact our mood, our ability to cope with stress, cause weight gain, brain fog, hot flushes, and low immunity. And actually, sleep disorders affect. 39 to 47% of perimenopausal women and 35 to 60% of postmenopausal women. So getting good quality sleep is actually fundamental for our uh, health and well-being. And there are various myths around sleep. So it's worth taking note of these to avoid making uh, sleep matters worse. So the first question I have for you is, the more sleep you get, the less tired you feel. So do you think that's true or false? You can unmute or you can type in the comments. So Natalie's put false. False. Okay, so you are all right, it is in it is in fact false. Um, so going to bed too early actually reduces our sleep drive, increasing our chances of waking up during the night or feeling very tired the next day. So in order to increase our sleep drive, we need to go to bed only when we're really tired. And uh, the next one is you should have a daytime nap if you feel tired. Is that true or false? True, true, debatable. True, if you can. So actually, it's false. Um, so napping in the day disrupts our circadian rhythms and reduces the production of melatonin that we need later on in the evening to make us feel sleepy. So if you've been suffering suffering with sleep disruption um, and you feel like you need to take a nap, then try and force yourself to stay up late and set an alarm to get up uh, early. So perhaps like stay up till midnight, get up at six in the morning um, and getting into that routine will help improve the quality of your sleep and reduce the need for those daytime naps. And the final question is you should, oh, I just showed you the answer, hope you didn't see it. Uh, you should have a nightcap for a good night's sleep. Is that true or false?
Carlos, Carlos. I hope nobody gets it wrong after I showed the answer. <laughs> okay, yeah, so that is false as well. So um, alcohol does have a sedative effect, um, so it might help us get off to sleep, um, but it also isn't processed well by the liver the older we get, um, waking us up for a trip to the toilet. But also alcohol does increase our cortisol levels, um, so this can interrupt our sleep, um, making us wake up in the night with palpitations, worries, and that anxious kind of feeling. So when it comes to sleep, um, make time for rest. Uh, rest is different from sleep. Um, rest is important because it calms down our nervous system and if we want our mind to unwind and stay relaxed throughout the night then we have to allow some time to switch off during the day as well um, and get a good sleep routine so the mind loves habits um, and it's uh, associating ourselves with bedtime rituals or, or behaviors um, lets us know when it's time for bed and i think we see this in our toddlers don't we or, or children so when they're, they're little you know it's um bath you know brush the teeth uh, and then bedtime story and they know the brain knows then it's bedtime and as adults we often forget those kinds of um strict habits and routines so make sure you get a good um, sleep routine in place so this became quite uh common during uh, lockdown. I've seen lots of people um, practicing gratitude and, and keeping gratitude journals. So here I've got three P's for positivity. So start looking out for joy um, in your life and positivity will find you. That's uh, what, how the saying goes. So keeping a gratitude journal can help boost our mood as it helps us find reasons to be thankful, even when times feel difficult. Um, so three things that you can write down every night at the end of the day is um, a person that you're grateful for, um, a place uh, that you're grateful for, and a possibility that you would like to happen going forward. Now here, um, top tip number six is correct sitting posture. Um, so research has shown that the health risks associated with ex with excessive sitting are just as relevant as the health risks associated with repeated exertion and manual labour. Um, we think, you know, being sat at a desk isn't as bad as being out being a bricklayer or, or working on the roads, etc. But actually, um, we can have lots of problems um, from sitting, especially in tech. So we've got tech, things like tech neck now um, that come in either. So um, do you all sit properly when you're at your desk? Do you readjust it? Um, I feel like a fraud today because I'm I'm sat in this uh, room with my laptop on my knee, <laughs> but I'm not technically doing uh, typing or, or any work. So um, so yeah, it's just important uh, for me. The most common um, neck, shoulder, wrist pain comes from um, where your hand position is on on your desk. So I always just say um, sit as. Um, sit as a t-rex so kind of like this rather than um a zombie so <laughs> arms in by your side like that picture rather than stretch, stretched out in, in front of you uh, run your own race uh, this is really important especially if you're in uh, startup land like myself so comparison is the thief of joy so remember we're all at different stages in our lives and careers and there's no right or wrong path to follow so focus on what you're doing and don't compare yourself to others 
and develop helpful coping strategies for stress. So earlier we, we looked at some of the symptoms of stress we might experience. So here is the, the big long list. So you might be um, doing some of them, that's, that's great. Um, I've, I've already covered some of them off. So if you can see something on there that you, you fancy doing, then um, choose that and, and practice it. Be kind to yourself, it's really important. When we are more forgiven to ourselves, then difficult emotions have less of an effect on our overall emotional well-being. So be kind to yourself and seek support and help if you need it. And my final tip is power up your digital well-being. So digital well-being is simply the impact that digital technologies have on our health and well-being. Um, as women in tech, looking after our digital well-being is even more so important. So how can we improve our digital well-being? I'm sure you've he heard all these before. It's just practicing um, what we know. So turn off, reduce or customize your notifications. There was a study from um, the University of California that showed that the average person checks their phone 58 times a day, um, which I think, well, nobody's doing any work. Uh, and the worrying thing from that is it takes 23 minutes and 15 seconds to get back into a deep focus. So actually how productive are we being if we are checking our phones and notifications all the time? Uh, be purposeful with your tech, so make sure that you are going on to do something specifically rather than getting uh, lost in the land of social media. If you are still um, working from home or um, hybridly, I'm not even sure if that's a word, uh, but make sure you have device-free zones in, in your house so that you have the ability to switch off, wind down and relax. Uh, if you're on social media and you're finding that things are, are negative, then delete those people off your accounts. And it's okay to power off sometimes, so connect with others and get outside in nature. And uh, there was this quote by the writer David Wong, um, which he said, new technology is not good or evil in and of itself. It's all about how people choose to use it. So there are lots of tech for good movements out there, which I'm hoping that I'm part of. Um, so make sure you take time to look after your well-being, enjoy the moment with people and your physical surroundings. Thank you for listening to this edition of Female Tech Founder. Want to connect with us? You can find us on Instagram at Female Tech Founder and on Twitter at Tech Female. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please do leave us a review. See you next time.